Uh, after last night, like, you know, I didn't get much sleep. I'm all pumped. It was an amazing night. And I know, look, I know Pastor Hartley's already thanked everyone. But uh, I was out there and I just couldn't stop thanking God, you know. Because, you know, I took a, I took a bold step. <laughs> I invited um, nephews and nieces um, that I suppose their religious background might sort of, I don't know, I think that they'd probably say, nah, don't want to come. But yet I saw them come. Not all of them, but some of them. And that was like a great thing for me, you know, to see my nephews, my nieces. And they also brought friends. It was amazing. They brought kids. It was amazing. And I know most of you would have done the same thing and invited um, people into our home. <laughs> this is our home, <laughs> you know, and... Um, and I pray that, you know, some of them, if not all of them, did come. But I saw them being blessed. And as I was sitting there last night, and Pastor Hartley was giving the altar call, and he's saying, there's one hand. I'm thinking, that was all worth it for one. And then he goes, there's another hand. I'm going, oh, thank you, Lord, too. And then he goes, there's 20, 30, 40, 50. I'm thinking, God, you're so good. You're so faithful. But in my heart, I was praying, Lord, my nephews, my nieces, the kids, Lord God, my brothers, my sisters, that's, I mean, for me, that's what it's all about. I'm being selfish. It's my family I care for, you know. But I'm sure it was the same for you guys. And each and every one of us, I bet, you know, sacrificed a little bit of their time, walked the streets, put pamphlets in, in letterboxes. And, and um, well, for me, I, I was, Lord, I just pray that you just, you know, bless this as they pick it up and they get a desire to come. Kind of like, that's just what I do. <laughs> I just pray anointing on those um, flyers and, and I'm sure I saw people that um, were from my area, from around my street, that might have been here. You know, and it's, it's again, what's it all about? Yeah, sure, we can have lots of fun. I, I, had a, I had a ball. But it's about the theme that we've been at for the last month. It's about showing kindness. What's it say? That knows no bounds. Wide open. And the only person I know that can do that is Jesus himself. No bounds. No limits. Kindness beyond what you and I can ever imagine. Kindness that I can honestly say that I don't know if I'd go that far myself. There are a few people that I would die for. He died for each and every one of us. That's kindness, man. That's amazing kindness. You know, at church... In church life, we can kind of get into, I don't know, religious groups where we get so comfortable with um, the same people every Sunday, get together, sit around the table, have coffee. That's not a bad thing, don't get me wrong. But I believe that if we're to show kindness and invite people into this church, like a couple of our visitors, welcome you. Again, welcome each and every one of you. We want to show you kindness. We want to open up the doors of this church, but also the doors of our hearts so that you can experience not my love, but God's love. Because that's what it's about. He, he started showing us acts of kindness. So in, in our church groups, I just want to encourage, let's not get into the cliques. Let's, the minute, you know, the service is released, go around and welcome our friends. Go and sit with them, get into their world, get to know them. Take them out for lunch. You know, we've got great coffee. Take them out for a cup of coffee if you haven't got time for lunch. 
a kindness the minute someone walks into your, into your home. That's so important. So important. And the power of hospitality is so huge. Can I just, again, talk about last night? Oh, look, the theme is home wide open. And our doors, the doors of this home, were wide open last night. Every door was open. Every door was left open. <laughs> and, and people walk in when doors are open. If doors are closed, we're giving out wrong things. But the doors were wide open for all to come. So the power of the hospitality that you showed last night, man, 20, 30, 40, I got a message this morning, there was 95 salvations. I don't care much for figures, honestly, let's, let's be honest, but 95 is a huge figure. It's something to get excited about. And what brought that around was that our doors were open and we showed hospitality. We didn't get into our little religious groups. We were scattered, looking for faces we haven't seen, welcoming them. Hi, how are you going? Welcome, hope you've had a great night. Did you see my son? I was showing off. Did you see my son up there? How good was my son last? And Emma, where is she? She's not here. What a voice. She was amazing. She was absolutely amazing. But that's what it's all about. You know, I get into conversations with people and, and um, you, you hear them say, you've probably heard it yourself, oh, you must come over sometimes. You, you really must come over sometime, you know? And then you kind of get a sense in your heart that did they really mean it? Or is it just something that we say because we want to be nice? I know, and Rhonda knows, that in this house, when you hear that, they mean it. <laughs> in Silverwater, man, <laughs> they're lining up to get you into the house. I love the generosity of this church. I love the generosity of this church. And the generosity of this church is what makes our belt buckles break, Leon. It's the generosity of this church. It's amazing. <laughs> and we can't say no, can we, Leon? <laughs> love the generosity of this church. Making others feel loved and valued is the hallmark of discipleship. It's kind of like letting people know that they are valued, that they're important, that they don't go unnoticed, that they come in and they're welcomed and they're not unnoticed. And Pastor Hartley, I gotta say, he does this really well because I actually see him with my eyes. The minute the service is over, he runs straight out those back walls before any of you can try and sneak out <laughs> before any of you. So you can run, but you, or you can hide, but you can't run. He'll find you. He will find you. It's amazing. And that's what I love about this church. The heartbeat of this church is all about hospitality. And as a follower of Christ, it's our job to actually, you know, make people feel hospitable. Let's read this scripture. 1 Peter 4, 7. The end of all things is near. And looking around the world, there's all kinds of signs that's, you know, saying that, eh? Therefore, be clear-minded, self-controlled, so that you can pray. It's important to always understand what Scripture's telling us. Stay clear-minded, self-controlled, for what reasons? So we can pray. And you know you hear it a lot in church. 
there's a big emphasis on prayer. We have prayer meetings on Tuesday nights. We have prayer meetings before services because that's when we invite, as I was saying, God's light into our situations. And then it says, above all, love each other deeply. It's not a shallow love. It's a deep love. It's genuine love. Because love covers a multitude of sin. Can I be honest here before my brothers and sisters at church? I'm a sinner. But because of the love of God, he's cleansed me from sin. Now, because of the love of God that's in me, I can pour out love to others. But that covers every other sin that I haven't got to yet. So it's a good thing to be loving on people. Covers a multitude of sin. So here it is, verse 9. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. And if I may read it out of the NLT. The end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. Verse 9. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. The theme started with arms wide open, hands wide open, hearts wide open, and today homes wide open. I don't believe that you can do one without the other. Look, if you've got a heart for something, it's kind of like it's all joined. I can't invite you into my home and not have a heart open or my arms open or my pantry or fridge open. It doesn't work, you know? My home is open. You're welcome to all that is there. But can I just move from one side to the other? Um, If you're the recipient of an invitation, make your host really enjoy having you around so that you can get more invitations. Does that make sense? I know it's funny. But does it make sense? Because if I get invited to Tim's place and I just walk to the fridge and raid the fridge, I walk into the pantry, raid the pantry, I walk into his bedroom, decide to have a five-minute lay down, is he going to invite me back? (laughs) Sorry, I know, I said home's wide open. But kind of there's a little bit of wisdom and a bit of respect of people's properties. You'll get more invitations if you do it the other way. (laughs) Sorry, Tim. (laughs) Arms. Hands, hearts, and homes. I love Silverwater and what it's doing right now. It's actually pouring out the heart of God into this community. You know, it started off with C3 Cares in Silverwater. If you haven't visited, man, you've got to visit Thursday, 11 o'clock, and just see what it's all about. Then we've got C3 Cares at Maryland's. Amazing job. Auburn, now Dundas. We've got others opening up everywhere. What's it about? Having this hospitality for the community, giving back into the community, but the truth of it is bringing God's love into the community. See, you freely have received, freely give. And I love C3 because it does. It freely gives out of the abundance of God's provision, out of the abundance of God's people's generosity. It's an amazing thing. Why do we offer it? Because it's commanded. In verse 9, it says, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. So now I want to just focus on this word grumbling for one sec. 
Okay, I won't. <laughs> I just said it to uh, my son yesterday. It's no good saying yes if you're going to grumble about it. It really isn't. You know, it's not well received. And you don't get any brownie points, let's be honest. Okay? If you're going to do it, do it cheerfully. You know, the Bible even talks about giving when we, when we give into our, in our offerings and that. Do it cheerfully. Do it with a heart of gratitude. Do it with a sense of knowing that God is your provider. I'm going to just jump a little bit. There's a story, um, there's a story in the Bible about Isaac's, uh, Abraham sending um, Eliezer, a servant, to find Isaac a wife. And he sends him into the hometown um, of, of Laban and and like, picture this servant guy, he goes there with this mission to bring back a wife. Um, I don't know if I could trust anybody to bring me back a wife. I kind of want to choose the wife myself, and I did, and I think I did pretty well, you know? So, um, <laughs> yeah, so um, anyway, so Eliezer says, you know, I don't know what I'm doing here, so what should I do? So he stands and he prays, and he says, God, you know, this is the sign you've got to give me, Okay? If she does this, she gives me water and then also gives the camels water, I'll know that you've chosen her for my master. So he sees this young girl walking down and she's, now, wells in those days, I don't know if they dropped a rope with a bucket and picked up water or they actually walked down a set of stairs, scooped it up and came up. But she went, got some water, and then he says, can you give me a drink? So she gave him a drink, very hospitable, you know? She didn't ask any questions. Yes, my Lord, she actually called him Lord. And he was a servant. Then she continued to fetch water for 10 camels. So who loves Google? I love Google. I got on the Google, how much can a camel drink? <laughs> a thirsty camel can drink, Wikipedia says, 130 gallons of water in one city. Hang on. Do the maths. 10 camels, roughly 130. Wow. How many times did she have to go down or drop her bucket to bring up to fetch water for 10 camels? Hospitality actually brought her to her destiny. She did not know that her act of kindness towards this servant guy, Eliezer, and also his camels, that those camels she was actually giving water for were gonna be the ones that were gonna be carrying her to her destiny. There's an anointing on hospitality that brings on promises. And there was a promise that was made that he was gonna be a father of many to Abraham. How was that going to come past if he just had the one son in the old age of 100 and whatever it was? Yet his son Isaac, the promise, had to have a woman, but she had to be chosen by God. And she had a heart, of course, a hospitable heart. And she not only gave him drink, but gave the camels drink. And that took her to a destiny where she became I think one of the richest women in the world, 
I think one of the most blessed women in the world. You don't hear much about her, but you know what? She gave birth to who? Jacob. Who's Jacob? That's where Israel came in and the 12 tribes. There's an amazing thing that happens when we just take on a heart of hospitality because God showed his hospitality towards us. My, um, my daughter um, was working, like has been working Sundays for a long, long time and um, she gets the odd one off here and there. So we kind of said to her, Look, I know you're working Sundays, you can't come to Silverwood anymore, but you need to go somewhere else, whether it's Saturday night, whether it's whatever. You need to be in church, you know? It's kind of like a need. We need to be fed. We need to be in relationships. So she started going to another church. And um, I was so happy. As a dad, you can imagine, I was really, really happy that my daughter decided to go to church. So, um, but anyway, she went there for almost a year. No, six months maybe, yeah, okay. And um, she came back and she said to me, I've been there so long, no one's spoken to me. No one's welcomed me. For our visitors, <laughs> we welcome you guys. <laughs> we think you guys are great <laughs> um, from the pulpit and from the ground and we'll take you out for a coffee later, you know. <laughs> so, but I was so saddened by that. But you can walk into the house of God where our doors are open And yet, we're neglected, we're not seen. In Romans 12, 9, 13, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, and share with God's people who are in need Practice hospitality. Practice hospitality. A lot of cultures do this so good, they do it so well because it's cultural. So I don't know whether there's a heart in it or not. But can I just bring something out and just sort of twist this around a little bit? You came to church. God has his hand upon you and God was calling you. There was an altar call, an invitation for you to receive Jesus in your life. So you came out the front, hand of God, bang. Spirit of God, right on you. You became born again. Can I tell you that the Bible says that you've become a new creation? So no longer have you got a Lebanese culture, no longer have you got an Indian culture, no longer have you got an African culture, you now have a kingdom culture. You've been brought out of the darkness into the light. You came out of a place where you were lost to a place where you are found, where you are seen. So therefore, hospitality is part of our kingdom culture. It's no longer, that's what we're like. It's no longer I'm too busy. It's no longer my house isn't big enough. It's no longer that it's too messy. And it's no longer that I haven't got time. We make time because the kingdom culture that we're under says to be hospitable to one another, to love one another, and to also see people as better than ourselves. Sometimes, guys, you'll probably relate with me. My wife will say, I can't have people over because my house is a mess. Can I just say, just kick the toys in the corner, throw a duffel bag or a beanie bag over them, 
you know, move the dishes down the side and put a rag towel over them and have people over. Open your homes. She's pretty good, so, but I, yeah, I don't want to pick on Hartley's wife. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> all I'm saying is we can make excuses. It really is hard. It really does put us out. It really adds to the burden and the things that we already have to do. But there are rewards. There are kingdom, eternal rewards to that act of kindness. Hebrews says don't neglect it. It says you might be entertaining angels. Abraham, I love Abraham. He's sitting there under a tree in the shade of the afternoon. His wife's hanging out the back watching Days of Our Lives. And he looks up and he sees men coming towards him. What does he do? He gets up, runs towards them, bows down. How do we greet our friends? Do we stay seated when they walk in with our feet up on the table, sipping on a Diet Coke? I was going to say a cold beer, but you know we're in church. So how do we, he got up, he walked to them, he bowed down. Now watch what he said. Let's go to it, Genesis. This is so cool. Genesis 18. Verses one to eight. The Lord appeared again to Abraham while he was camped near the oak grove belonging to Mamre. One day about noon, as Abraham was sitting at the entrance of his tent, he suddenly noticed three men standing nearby. He got up and ran to meet them. I love that. You run to meet someone. Don't wait for them to come to you. How do you make someone feel so important? Run to them. Oh, man, anyway, let's go. Uh, <laughs> He got up, welcoming them by bowing low to the ground. My Lord, he said, if it pleases you, stop here for a while, rest in the shade of this tree while my servants get some water to wash your feet. How disgusting is it to wash someone's feet? I'm not asking you to do that, all right? <laughs> I don't think God's asking you. But what he is saying is like we would go so far Acts of kindness with no bounds. All right, they said, do as you have said. So Abraham ran back to the tent and said to uh, Sarah, quick, get three measures of your best flour. Not things that were left over from last night's meal. I love that. Rhonda, I've got some visitors coming. Get your best right now. Go get the fat calf, not the skinny one that's about to die. It says it, look, then Abraham ran out to the herd and chose a fat calf, and he told the servant to hurry and butcher it. When the food was ready, he took some cheese, curds, milk, and roasted meat and served it to the men as they ate. Listen, Abraham waited on them there beneath the trees. Did he know they were angels? I don't know. I don't know. But it says he, he saw three men coming towards him and he ran and greeted them and showed them hospitality, opened up his home, got the best of the best to serve it up. Can I ask a question right now? Who is your provider? If God is your provider, then give, be kind, be generous, be hospitable because God will continue to fill your homes. That's his promise. This man here was without child, 
But after this act, after the meal, after they've washed up, you know what they said this time next year? You'll have a son. Did he do it for the son? No, but they knew. They knew what he needed. God knew what he needed, and God poured out out of his heart, his hospitable heart. I'll make you a father of many. Can I get the worship team up, please? So if we're commanded to be hospitable to one another, and there are so many benefits, why don't we do it as often as we should? You know that answer to that. I mean, I'm not bragging, but just to give you insight, uh, Rhonda works probably 40 to 48 hours a week. I work anywhere between 40 to 60 hours a week, if I include the office work that I do. Um, I love church. I'm deeply involved in a lot of church activities. I have three teenagers that have great demands, but I still get the opportunity to take them out once a month, treat them to a meal and sit down and have one-on-one time. I, I know what busy is. I meet with a few guys here um, on regularly, and guess what? I love my fishing. I even make time to go fishing as often as I can. I know what busy is, but I also know the benefits of having people over, opening up my home. Oh man, I had this family from this church over, not last Friday, Friday night before. I've never had them over before. And it was just an opportunity and it happened. And I sat down with them and we, we took, hang on, picture this. After a full week's work on a Friday night, Rhonda gets home, straight into the kitchen, didn't even get a good afternoon kiss or a good day kiss, hey. Seriously, she should repent. Straight into the kitchen, starts mixing up a salad, making some baba ganoush, making some hummus. It was kind of like, she's so good. She did it like in less than, I don't know, two hours. And me, I did the hardest. I went down to Lamona and picked up a, you know, a, a Lamona pack, chicken that is, barbecue chicken, guys, you know, with some garlic and chips. And we put the spread out. It was kind of really easy. It wasn't that hard. You know, we, we had some dessert and already there and a bottle of wine. <laughs> we had a great time. But it was different to actually going out for a coffee or going out to dinner because I was able to sit down with them and their children and I was able to get into their world and then into my world. They were able to meet my children not just in church, not just when he's on the drums or he's on the sound desk or on the camera or whatever, but it was like in our worlds. And it was so, so good to get to know these two. And I would never have had the chance to share this story because they're two great people in this church and they've got great kids and I'm just seeing God move in their life. Gave me an opportunity to pray with them. You know, they blessed me just as much as we blessed them but I wouldn't get that opportunity unless I opened the door to my home. I said, come in. Around Christmas time, in Luke 2, 7, and she brought forth her firstborn son 
and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. I've been talking about opening up our homes and, and inviting people, the people that God loves into your home. And, and can I say, it's really easy to invite people you know, people that you know won't mess up, people that don't have kids to make a mess for you. It's really easy to invite people that, you know, like their family or friends, because they'll accept you or accept your home in whatever state it's in. But what about the not so popular ones? We call them nerds. What about the nerds? What about the geeks? What about the homeless? Are we standing judge over people and, and actually putting titles on who they are? And I'll say, oh, I'll have you over. I don't know about you. Yeah, you can come. Well, no, not, not, not you. Do we do that? I repent right now. I do. Okay, because sometimes I think that thought crosses my mind and I repent of that. And for those that have been to my place, know that it's open, you know, and you're welcome. And, and I apologize that I haven't had more people over because of time is kind of really poor. But here, Mary and Joseph looking for a place to stay. They've come into Bethlehem. There was a census happening. And you know, you, you hear stories that there was no room because the Bethlehem, the city, was just full of people, everyone coming in, and, and Joseph and Mary didn't book in advance, so they didn't get a room. See, I don't know, I don't know, I'm not a theolo theolo theologian, but I do have some questions that are unanswered, but that's not what this is all about. But there was a door that was open to them, okay, and they got in there. Did the person that opened the door and allowed them to come in know that it was Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, was gonna be born that night in their house? Oh, I don't think so. But yet we know that's what's happened. But for many of us here, we've opened the door to Jesus. We've said, come in. But like that so-called innkeeper, we've put him out in the granny flat. Oh, man. We, we kind of haven't honored him enough to put him up in the front room so that when my friends and family come over, they can see him. We've put him out the back so we can go and visit him on a Sunday or maybe on a Tuesday at a prayer meeting. But have we really opened up and welcomed him and honored him? I don't know, I'm not judging. But there was no room, why? Was it because that there was actually no room? Or was it because that they were ashamed to have him have Mary and Joseph in because they were betrothed, they weren't really married yet, and they've heard that she's fallen pregnant? I, I don't know. I ask questions, and I'm, I'm looking for answers. But I love the Word of God that it challenges me in that way. Am I ashamed to have Jesus in the front room? When, when, when Peter from next door comes over, do I want him to see Jesus when he comes in? Do I want him to experience the love that Jesus has for me and the blessings that Jesus has for me? Or do I just 
walking straight into the lounge room and then telling me about who's in the granny flat. There was no room in the inn. Oh, Father God, forgive us. In the areas, Lord God, where we've made no room for you. Jesus came so that no one would perish. What gives me the right to deny my neighbor an introduction with the living king, with a savior that can save him from eternal, from an eternal hell? Is it, is it because my pride gets in the way? Or is it because Jesus is just a religious figure in my life? Opening my home opening my heart, opening my hands, and opening my arms. It's a complete package. It's kindness that knows no bounds. And the best kindness we can show anyone is Jesus himself. Let there be room in my life for you, Lord God. Room where I can show you off, where I show pride. I'm so proud to know you and have you in my life. Room where I can allow your richness, your presence, your blessings, your comfort, your protection in, not just for me, for those that come into my place as well. I'm, I'm about to... Um, this to a close, I'm about to make two invitations. One for those that maybe have never ever really opened up their heart to Jesus. Because like, you, you didn't know what to do. And, and today what we're saying is we open up our heart and we actually confess and we ask Him, we invite Him to come into our life. To be Lord, to be Saviour. To be a friend to take part of everything that we do. So that's one invitation that I'll ask. But the second one is just as important. The second one is for each and every one of us. You know, I may not know you that well. That's okay. But you know deep inside where Jesus is in your life. Whether your doors have been open to him completely or whether we've just let him in and stuck him out the back so no one would know. I want to pray with you guys that light can shine. You know, um, the, the Bible says that there was a star and that star was shining over where Jesus was. And the picture I just saw with the throne, the rays were shining down to all those that would let him in. And, and, and kind of like tying this together, has been so cool because it's like I want him to be in the front room. I want him to be with me in every room that I go into. I want him. I want my doors open to him. And, and I, I want to experience the power that, that comes with him. His Holy Spirit empowers us, fills us, gives us peace, brings healing, brings restoration 
bring strength to be overcomers of all. We are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. So the first invitation, if I can have everyone's eyes closed, heads bowed. If you don't know Jesus Christ, it's kind of like you really want to get to know him. You've never invited him and said, come into my heart. And you'd like to do that this morning. I would be so, man, I'd be so glad to pray with you guys. So if there's anyone here at all, I'm just gonna ask you to raise your hand. No, I I just wanna pray with you. Anyone at all, if there's anyone here that doesn't know Jesus, that's never invited him into his life or her life, that you really want him, you really wanna do life with him and do it well, just raise your hand so I can see it. I'd love to pray with you. And we'll ask Jesus to come in and walk with you all the days of your life. Anyone at all? That's great. With your head still bowed and eyes closed. If that word about making room for Jesus kind of reflects in any way, we don't stand in judgment of anyone here. But And I'm not going to ask you to come out the front either. But right now, between you and God, and you want that to change, okay? Everyone's heads uh, bowed and eyes closed, privacy, okay? I'm not going to ask you to come out the front, but raise your hand and just make, you know, a new statement that, Lord God, I will have you in my life in the front room all the days of my life. Thank you, I see that hand. Thank you, I see that hand. Anybody else? Thank you, I see that hand. Thank you, I see that hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Anybody else? I'm not going to labor this too much because I just want to pray. Anybody else at all? Father God, I just want you to be in the front room. I want you to be in the front line. I want you to be with me wherever I go. I'm no longer ashamed. Anybody want to say that today between you and God? Between you and God. Fantastic. Everyone just turn around for a sec. Just look up. I really thank you so much for listening. I meant no judgment at all with anything that I've said, but it's the heart of God to be hospitable. And he said, you know, he said, I stand at the door knocking and I'm just waiting for people to open the door. And I just want people to experience what I've experienced, what others have experienced, that when we have an open door, God will come in. And it says that we'll sit down and eat with you. That's amazing, man. There we go about food again. I'm gonna bust another belt buckle, you know? Like God is so generous. He's so loving. So as you stand, I just want to pray. Father God, I'm just so in awe, Lord God, of your goodness and your grace. Father God, I'm just so thankful, Lord God, that you know, you're not a God that turns your back on your people, Lord God. But Father God, you're always welcoming. Your arms are always wide open, Father. Your heart, Lord God, for your people is awesome. Father, for those that have responded and put their hand up, I just pray, Father God, for you you just fill them with a new heart and a new desire, Lord God. Fill them, Father God. Give them your first love once again, Lord God. Let them know that you are Lord, Father God. Give them the boldness, Father God, and the confidence to come to you at all times. But also, Lord God, that they would not be ashamed, Father God, that they would stand and declare of your goodness, they would stand and declare of your sovereignty in their life, Lord God, that, Lord God, they make you first in everything that they do. Father God, we're just so thankful here at Silverwater for all that you've been doing. 
and for all that you're going to do. And I take this opportunity now, Lord God, just to pray for Bankstown. Father God, Lord, abundance of provision. Lord, fruitfulness at the altar call, Lord God. I pray, Father God, for strength in Amanda and Dylan, Lord God, and the team. I pray for protection over that whole event, Father God. Lord God, your goodness, your kingdom come and your will be done in Jesus' name. Let's sing together, church. As we come to the end of this service, I just pray that you all just would seek God for these last few minutes, that we would rise up as a church to the next level in worship. And I pray that you would just, just honor our King, you know, that He went to the cross, that He died for you and I. Lord, be lifted in this place. God, be lifted in this place, Lord. Oh, Lord.